See, I think nowadays, more than anything, with all the bad news that's, that encircles us, you know, the corrective, the medicine for that, uh, for, for the potential to despair, uh, is the buoyancy that comes with gratitude. And so what lifts us, what lifts the chin off of the chest, right, is, is to consider how good God is and how good God has been to us individually. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Well, hey, everybody. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, and I'm Melissa Rao, your host. And today we are celebrating Bishop Rob's 10 years with the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta as diocesan bishop. Woohoo! congrats bishop thank you thank you thank god uh yeah man thank god after reflecting upon your ministry as bishop over the last 10 years i'm just wondering what are some things you're particularly grateful for oh my god um the list is so long um you know i'm particularly grateful uh for the ways in which I have seen God all around the Diocese of Atlanta and that I have seen God at work in people's lives. Um, it's been an immense privilege to be invited into people's lives, uh, their fears, um, dysfunction, um, challenges, uh, uh, seasons of faith in people's lives, and to walk alongside of people, um, you know, congregations as well as individuals, it's just been phenomenal. Um, and to have my own faith deepened, um, for people to help me see the stories um, in new and exciting ways, in ways that would have never occurred to me. I mean, I think that's what we get in Christian community, right? Is is that we have a sense of things, and then we we put our sense of things beside somebody else's, and 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 there's a dialogue that happens, and so you know, in terms of, you know, being bishop, uh, to have this really complex system, you know, eighth largest diocese out of 109 dioceses, uh, and uh, all the faith and all the hard work that's involved, and yet also to meet people on their own journeys with God, um, and service and meaning and forgiveness and generosity. It's extraordinary. Hmm. Well, um, I'm curious, you talked about how you see God. Is there any particular way you see God differently now than when you first became bishop? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I guess w- what you end up with, at least in this, uh, my experience has been over these last 10 years, you, you, it's not anything new necessarily, uh, but it's uh, an emphasis on things that you know you knew, but now you know in a deeper way. You might say you know that you know now, right? So I, I think one of the things, one of the lessons that I think I have learned um, uh, at a new depth, and you know, I think parenting has helped me with this. Being married has helped me with this, uh, but certainly administrating a diocese, uh, uh, a big organization, is that God's way is gentle in correction gentle in correction. And I, and I think I understand that at, at new depth, right? Because we say that we're not the people of condemnation, shame, or guilt. And if we're not, 
Uh, and the truth of the matter is, is many of us have learned how to parent that way, how to be spouses that way, how to be administrators that way, how to be bosses that way. Uh, God's way is that we be gentle in correction. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've been on that journey with God to learn that at new depth. And I, I see the genius of that now, again, at home and at work and certainly in, in our life, uh, together, you know, we, 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 we all stumble, I stumble, we all stumble. And so, you know, God's genius is to be gentle in correction. So as not to sort of provoke us to, uh, you know, a, a cul-de-sac of anger and resentment and all that sort of stuff, which takes a lot to get us out of that. So gentle and correction is one. I think the other thing I think I've learned is, is that um, as a denomination, uh, we need to learn how to say thank you, God, more. And we need, to, we need to put that in our regular prayers. I mean, we do a good job of praying for all the woes of the world. We should do that. We should pray. It's called petition and intercession. We should ask God for to intervene in tragic situations like Ukraine and uh, you know, homelessness in, in, in Atlanta and so on. And, uh, you know, we ought to pray for those catastrophes that are happening, uh, locally and abroad, but, but maybe before then, maybe before we make our petitions and intercessions, uh, we need to stop a minute as individuals and as a group and say, but what a good God we have. And, and, and not just as a general matter and not to be cute, but how has God been good to me, to you, to us. See, I think nowadays, more than anything, with all the bad news that's, that encircles us, you know, the corrective, the medicine for that, uh, for, for the potential to despair, uh, is the buoyancy that comes with gratitude. And so what lifts us, what lifts the chin off of the chest, right, is, is to consider how good God is and how good God has been to us individually. And as a general matter. And so, you know, uh, I, I think we ought to do more of that. I think that's where the buoyancy that we need to persevere comes from. I think what we've learned in COVID dramatically and, and over my 10 years, COVID was a big part of that, uh, is, is that um, we can't make it on our own strength. Uh, some of us are stronger than others. Some of us have more faith than others and all that's great. But, but uh, this race is not over. Uh, and, uh, and so we've got to find a fuel, right. That's inexhaustible. And one of the inexhaustible fuels is a genuine gratitude to God. Um, when that happens, it's amazing how energizing that is. So when I see that happen across the church, I see that happen in people's lives. Um, it's an extraordinary gift to, to behold. I've seen that in congregations in the North and South, all, all, all of the points, East and West, you know, in little places that one would argue, they don't seem to have a whole lot. I'm in funny, in a funny way, I've met the most grateful people, yeah, who have uh, only a very little, and and sometimes I've met the sort of the the folks who struggle with gratitude, who have an embarrassment of riches and of things and of opportunities, and so it's a funny kind of a funny kind of thing. But I'm grateful that that uh, for the people whose life is all about giving God thanks and. I thank God that that their gratitude has um, inspired my gratitude, and I want I want more of that for the Dice of Atlanta because I think that's what's going to push us forward. Well, if you had to go back and uh, do things differently, would you, given the chance? Oh yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned an awful lot 
uh, over the years. You know, we've talked about running experiments, uh, faithful, data-driven experiments. And so we've learned a lot. So I don't really talk in terms of failure. I'm not scared of that word, but I, I really do believe that there, there are learnings. And so we, we've learned an awful lot. And so, yeah, I think I would make some tweaks here and there uh, for sure. Um, but uh, as, a, as a general matter, you know, what I have used as a real-time corrective is including lots of people, you know, in our decision-making. And so, you know, um, I'm grateful for that. I think that's helped me to stay out of the ruts that I, that I might have otherwise gotten into. You know, I do believe that the Holy Spirit works through the community. And so that's why I continue to seek the wisdom of all of us. Um, uh, I think that, of course, there will be disagreements about lots of things, and that's just part of the work. But I think um, to get clear about our purpose, our why in middle and North Georgia, to try to uh, make impact for Christ's sake is the right thing, to try to, to say who we are over social media and all the other imaginative ways we're trying to say who we are and who Jesus is. I think that's exactly right. People can kibitz around the edges of that, but I think the thrust of that is the right thing, to spend dollars on money, uh, spend money on uh, race and reconciliation and healing like we have done at the Absalom Jones Center to reach out to our Hispanic community in our midst uh, and to raise up leaders there like we have done. That's the right thing to do, um, to, to go into the jails, uh, to confirm, to bless, uh, to extend the Eucharist to people behind bars, to say that we shouldn't kill people in Georgia. Uh, I, I think that's the right thing to speak out. Uh, when we cheat uh, our older citizens and our sick citizens uh, of the Medicaid benefits that they could have uh, is the right thing to do, to say that uh, we might be Democrat or we might be Republican, but our first citizenship is in heaven and that we ought to vote accordingly and we ought not have contempt for each other. That's the right thing to do. And so, yeah, uh, there will be a lot of people after 10 years will say, you know, geez, you know, we have quite enough of this guy. Uh, and, and, and that's fine. You know, I respect that, you know, <laughs> I really do respect that, you know, I really, really do. Um, but, but I think the thrust has been the right thrust and there, there's lots to, to, to critique, but I think the thrust of the work has been the right work. And uh, I'm grateful for all the partners who've joined us in this work. That's great. So Bishop, do you have a sense of what might be next? Oh yeah. It, what's next is, is that how, how do we go deeper in trusting God? I mean, I'm, I'm looking, we're, we're recording this now in advance of what's called our annual council, for those who don't know, and that's our sort of big gathering, you know, five, 600 people together, delegates from uh, every congregation in the diocese to approve budgets and to hear reports and so on. It's a good time. It's a fellowship time. We do a service project as well, uh, and, uh, and we do, you know, a group worship time. But one of the things that I like about it is sort of to, to talk about where we've been where we are now and where we want to go. And where we want to go is we want to go deeper, right? And so, so the, the, the biblical text that we're going to use uh, for the gospel that day is Luke 12. And Luke 12, 22 is all about anxiety. Uh, and uh, in, you know, in Jesus's wonderful way, he tells us to stop worrying so much because you can't even make yourself grow by 18 inches uh, for worrying. Not one cubit is the language. And so I want to I have a conversation with us about anxiety in an anxious world uh, and, and how we, as, as kingdom people, uh, according to Jesus, uh, ought to be a wheel in a wheel. In other words, we are, we are a community set in a community. We are 11 
in a large loaf. And so if, if we know God and we know that God is the constant and that the end of all, of, the, of all things and the center of all things is love, and we don't model a non-anxious way to be, then uh, I think the world is right to critique us. But, but if we really know God, and if God is really resonating uh, in us and through us, then I think we've got something to say to the world. So I want to figure out how to do that. Now, what that looks like practically is we're going to double down on outreach to the Hispanic community because they're growing in our midst. Uh, what that looks like practically is we're going to have conversations with some congregations whose ministry, it seems, has run its course, and we're going to figure out how to repurpose those resources so that we can meet new people and welcome them into the body of Christ. Uh, it looks like we're going to look at our, our finances uh, through new lenses and figure out what sustainability looks like over the next five to 10 years. You can only play whack-a-mole so long. And so we need to figure out a, an overarching strategy. We've got great financial stewards in this diocese. And so we want to get all our sort of money people in a room and just figure out our way. Because we know that if we can take some of this financial burden off, uh, then we can have some more resources uh, for ministry. And after all, that's what it's about. So so if uh, if you're wondering, so more, more of the same, trying to figure out how to continue to, to, to do and to fund the Great Commission which is to draw the circle wider. It's where we started 10 years ago. It's wider still with God at the center of the circle. That's that's my song and I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, I'm dancing with you. <laughs> Bishop, thank you. I'd love to close in a prayer. And I was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, we need to pray and, yeah. and thank God more. And so um, I didn't write anything. I'm just inspired and moved to do it. So here goes nothing. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> Gracious God, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for this incredible gift of uh, technology that uh, a number of people can come to know you and grow in you through the wise words and ministry of Bishop Rob. We're grateful for the 10 years that he has been serving in the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta. We're grateful for the many uh, fruitful ministries that are blossoming there, doing important work and making your kingdom known to not just Atlanta, but the entire world. We're grateful for all the ways that you show up in our lives, both in the ordinary and the extraordinary. And so, God, I'm especially grateful for the work that we get to do together and how Bishop Rob has blessed not just me, but all of four people and uh, four people listeners and four faith readers, God. So I ask that you continue to work in and through him and the entire Diocese of Atlanta to continue building and growing your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grateful oh, for man. that. Grateful for Thank that. Thank you. And I'm grateful for you. And we together are grateful for our listeners. So we thank you for tuning in to Four People. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook. So please subscribe, leave a review. You can share this episode with others. And we'll be back with you next week. 